Welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast. I'm your host, Ordo. Joined with me, as always, is my Jagan Cardwiz. Build an army. Trust no one. Except for us. This is the Emblem Support Podcast. Ladies, gentlemen, others, it has been a month. A whole month to no Emblem Support Podcast. Um, basically, what happened was, at the very start of April, I think roughly uh, April 8th, I was on a nice little staycation. And Cardwiz and I actually recorded, uh, I think, I think the unedited audio is roughly about mm, maybe an hour and a half long. Um, we, we had this discussion that we wanted to talk about, about deaths in the Fire Emblem uh, series. And I thought it was pretty good, um, but, uh, but upon listening to the audio, I didn't like where I personally was on death. I felt like I missed out on a couple of uh, opportunities to kind of like sell uh, or, you know, sell the investment of death and things like that. Um, basically, I didn't approach the subject matter with a way that I felt was satisfactory. So the first half of this podcast is basically being recorded in May, while the latter half, which will re- which will include our uh, breakdown of a popular pairing uh, support conversation, and our emblem club will be on the latter half. So. We got some new stuff now, some old stuff later. We're going to mash them together, and that will be episode five. So uh, bear with us if you hear some dated stuff. I think we actually re- we actually exposed ourselves as dirty wrestling fans in the last podcast. So yeah, there may be a couple of references to that. Um, with that said, though, Cardwiz, as you now know, you're no longer my support partner. You're my Jagan for this podcast. You good with that? Yeah, I'm totally ready to steal your experience. Luckily, I barely remember what I said five minutes ago, let alone what I said a month ago, so the conversations we're about to have are going to be completely new to me as well as to the audience. Uh, But there's so much going on right now in the world of Fire Emblem. Nintendo is slow dripping us all these delicious screenshots and news of Fire Emblem Three Houses. I can't wait to dive into that game. I want do it now but the game doesn't come out for a few more months the one thing the one thing that i'm actually fearing that they're going to do is what they usually do is that okay we're going to kind of drip free information a little bit here a little bit there then boom explosion of like information you're going to have the whole thing spoiled for you which is what i believe they did with um well i've done it with several tiles i think they did that with um i want to say maybe breath of the wild and mario odyssey maybe a couple other titles I definitely know around Odyssey there were a few things that I wish had not been leaked out. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to spoil moments in that game, but there were definitely things that were leaked that I wish I had discovered very organically in the game. Yeah, so here's hoping that doesn't happen with Three Houses. Yes, and we're not going to talk about Three Houses much this week, but the next time we have a podcast, we might talk about going for the full preview of three houses what's going on what we know with that but rest assured we will do everything we can to avoid spoilers because we're trying to avoid spoilers ourselves yeah the thing is is, is it's because they're slowly there it's like day by day by day by day so by the time we record this they can end up having more info out and by the time i get it edited and recorded and sent out again boom my info's like old again plus you know there's other youtubers and stuff like that kind of critiquing it in their own different ways if you really want to go out and check that stuff out who uh, in my opinion, produce content in a more consistent way. Uh, 
yes, in the future there will be much Three Houses being played. It will be played over and over and over again. We're going to be happy because it's going to be an amazing game that we're all going to love, I hope. But until then, there are lots of games that I got to beat. I got to get through a lot of games till I get there. What games have you been playing, Gordo? Well, I've been playing a I've been playing a number of games since it's been um, a whole month since we last recorded. Um, you and I were talking before we actually were. You, well, you uh, you and I were talking off um, off mic about uh, we both picked up nine 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 that uh, Z- the zero escape game. And holy crap, that one was, uh, it's one where I kind of started, I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun, this is kind of interesting, and then it just, <laughs> really good, really good. I can't say anything about it, I you should play it for yourself. Yes, 999 and Virtue's Last Rewards were games that were on the DS and 3DS respectively. They bundled them together and released them on PS4, along with a third escape room game. Like, these are insane escape room games by Spike Chansoff, who... Are I don't remember if they're made or just published by them, but they're the same crew that do the Danganronpa games. And if you know Danganronpa, they can be insanely twisted visual novels. And 999 and Virtue's Last Reward definitely have elements of that. In just less than a week, I plowed through 999. I absolutely loved it. It is insane. The escape rooms are mostly fun. There were very few where I, I felt were really lame or really cheap. I don't feel the same way about Virtue's Last Rewards. I'm I'm probably maybe like a quarter through that one. And I am enjoying the puzzles. The puzzles are still really, really good. But Virtue's Last Reward adds a more difficulty thing, like bonus puzzles. And those bonus puzzles kind of are really more obscure, in my opinion. So I've looked up a lot of them, but I... the. I always enjoyed those point-and-click escape room games from like early Flash days on the internet, so I enjoyed playing through those. I've never gotten the chance to play through a real escape room, so these are quite a fun rush for me. Plus, there are crazy characters, fun visual novel elements, and as I've said, the story is kind of insane, and it gets crazier as it goes along, and I absolutely love it. Other than that... Um... I've been playing a little bit of Smash now that the Joker uh, from Persona 5 is DLCs out. Absolutely really have fun with that. Um, I've been playing Final Fantasy 7 on and off. And today um, I found Soul Calibur 6 half off and I've got that installed. Haven't touched it yet, but that's really all that's kind of been up with me. What have you been into? Oh, I've been having fun spark kicking Grecians off of mountains and ships. I recently... And have been starting to get back into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's like the Assassin's Creed series is. I enjoyed the first two games. Actually, I probably enjoyed the first four games. But the formula never really evolved enough for me. I fell more and more out of love with the overarching story with the whole, oh, modern day things. Go back to your ancestors. I can. I'm happy to say Assassin's Creed Odyssey focuses significantly less on that and just goes absolutely crazy with the Grecian world and just imagine the things, the stories of the Greeks. It lets you explore things like that. I'm trying to think of things without spoiling things, but it, it is, I will just say it is a fun world to explore. 
there are mercenaries, there are people to hunt down. It actually feels like you're having to track down and assassinate people at times. Combat feels much better than the original Assassin's Creed games. And again, Spartan kicking people off of mountains and ships is ridiculously fun. I highly recommend that. <laughs> there actually is one other game that I actually forgot to mention. I got Because it's been a month, I got in Super Robot Wars T. And Ooh. I... Um, I have beaten, played it, absolutely loved it. It's another, it's a strategy RPG game. Um, you know, I could probably go in. It'd probably take me a little bit long, a little while to explain it, but I'm not going to get into that. It's fun. So, turn-based combat with giant robots. That I have no problem with that. That sounds pretty great. Uh, one other game I've been loving that I want to touch on because it probably hasn't gotten enough love when it came out. I dug out my 3ds with Nintendo saying they're not making really many, any more games for it. And I put in the last game I ever bought for my 3DS. Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology. That is an incredibly fun game with a lot of time travel elements because my JRPG stories aren't complicated enough as it is. And I'm having a great time with it. I love the way they incorporate the time travel for the most part. My only problem is, biggest problem with that game is, I wish you could explore a world map. Because the way that game works is it's based on time travel. So you will put yourself at different points in the timelines. But a problem with that is that, okay, I need to go to this area of the map. I need to go to the northwest part of the map. Uh, what what part of the timeline am I in that part of the map again? Uh, what's the name of that place again? Oh, uh okay, there are like 20 different parts of this timeline. I got to read through each one and figure out which part of the map that one's in. Oh, crud, where is that? It, there's a little bit of that element to it, so it's a little annoying. I, I've i gotten to a point where it's just like, there. I've now got like 200 points on my timeline, so it's just like, screw it, I'm looking up a guide to figure out where I'm supposed to go because I know, I know where I want to go. I know what I need to do, but because it's out on a timeline. I can't tell where that is. Well, one thing I can probably tell is you probably don't need roads, right? <laughs> I hate you. But it, it's a fun game. It has a different battle system, a, a unique battle system that I've never really seen before in any game where uh, you've got your three members of your party and the enemies are on a three by three grid and you can move the enemies around and stack them on top of each other. The game is basically about turn manipulation, which is a, a great element to turn-based RPGs, about turn manipulation and stacking people on the map with map manipulation. I think it is an excellent battle system. I'm greatly enjoying it. And maybe I'll beat it one day if I stop getting headaches as I try to understand time travel. You, know, you said a three by three grid, and the first thing that popped in my mind was uh, Mega Man Battle Network. I never played those games, although I believe all most, if not all of them, are on the Wii U shop. So that is a possibility to gain access to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about them myself, just that they made like a crap ton of them. Mm -hmm. I wasn't into Mega Man at the time of the GBA when those were at their popularity peak, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to tr giving those a try. 
Well, I can tell you that Mega Man Battle Network at one point reviewers were just like, "Oh my God, why are they making these? Please stop making these!" And then, <laughs> and then they just about stopped making Mega Man games altogether. But we are not a Mega Man podcast, so we can talk about that some other time. Yes, Mega Man has basically gone away and died. Oh, if only there were some part of Fire Emblem that involved death that we could talk about. Life, death, sacrifice. These are all things that are basically part of Fire Emblem, you know, since the very first game up until, well, let's face it, we all know that the main character's father is going to die in three houses. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to happen. But the thing about death in storytelling for Fire Emblem is that a lot of times it's a character motivator. It's something that you kind of feel as a player, you know. How did how, if for people who have basically only played Awakening, or Awakening was maybe one of their very first games, you know, when Imran died, you know, that was something that hurt the player. That was something that drove Krom for like the next two maps. It was something that had a, had an effect on Lissa. It had an effect on essentially all the party during that time. So I asked Cardwiz, I said, Cardwiz, let's take a look at some different deaths within the Fire Emblem series and talk about the investment. And let's talk about whether they're good deaths and are they bad deaths? Because I have a couple of bad deaths <laughs> listed uh, as an example. I'm sorry, Faze. And so, yeah, let, let's, um, let's get started. Now, while I can't speak personally as my experience is very little with this game, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Genealogy of the Holy War's death toll. Um, before I go any further with that statement, I will say spoilers for almost every game in the series going forward. Spoilers. So you've had your warning. The first generation of characters you've spent time getting to know, play as, build up, learn about, are killed off in an act of betrayal at, I believe, at the end of Chapter 4. Then there's a huge time skip, and he plays the children of the heroes that perished. And so, Wait, what? Yeah. Huh, that's pretty devastating to lose all of your team members like that. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know it happened that early. Oh, yeah, well... The thing about genealogy of the Holy War is that the chapters are huge and the maps are also huge. So I say chapter four, but it's only a 10 chapter game. So chapter four may be an equivalent to say a Game Boy Advance uh, games, chapters one, two, three. So it's not like, you know, oh, you barely know these characters and then they die. No, you spend a lot of time with these characters going across the maps and conquering different castles and such. So it's not... It's not a short for four chapters. It's a long four chapters. I look forward to being devastated if we ever play that one one day. Yeah. I'm already emotionally hurt. Yeah. And it's especially, uh, and similar, well, I, I want to say retroactively awakening is similar to genealogy, but um, they'll inherit their weapons, stats, holy blood, things of that nature. But yeah, a part of our first conversation, like we talked all about death and stuff, but I didn't even mention genealogy. So I felt like I had to, cause I have pair, I have like thing, I have notes typed out. Um, I was just like, yes, I've got to put this because that's, you know, that's one of the biggies for the series. Uh, card was told me, I, card was told me he had three characters, uh, he wanted to start off with. So I will give the floor to him. Yes. Uh, let's start off with the game that we're all playing together, Fire Emblem 7. 
Fire Emblem. I said I have three uh, character deaths I want to cheat about, uh, talk about, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and talk about three different characters and uh, use one of my spots to talk about three, because all three of the main lords do go through some sort of parental figure loss over the course of the game. When you start up the game, tutorial, first one of the first lines you get from Lindus as she finds you on the planet is just like, yes, all my family is dead. They were killed by bandits. I'm going to go out, and I'd like to go out and kill them. All right, there's your motivation right there. Then later we find out about her grandfather. We go through that whole story arc. Then one year later, he gets poisoned, or he is getting poisoned by Lundgren in the first 10 chapters. Then later he has Black Fang assassins try to kill him. Bad luck for Lindus's family, but all of that sort of leads towards her growth as a character, or leads towards her motivations for her adventuring. Yeah, I feel like when you learn that, you know, she's... Well, it's not just her parents that have died. It's basically her whole uh, clan. I think she's, what, the Kutola clan? I could be wrong about that. I think that's wrong, but everyone she's ever known, everyone she's ever loved is... Nope, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. She's the, the Lorca. 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 That's what she is. Yeah, she's she's the last remaining member of the Lorca tribe. Uh, the rest of the tribe has been basically slaughtered by those bandits. And so when you, when you join Lynn, you kind of barely know her, but through her different chapters and stuff, you basically get to know her. And so you kind of care about her plight to find her last living relative. And I wasn't going to talk about this, but I just remembered it because we're the emblem support podcast. Let's talk about a little bit of the support, a support between Lynn and Wallace. Wallace, the bald general who you might not even meet depending on how things go along in your campaign in the second half of the game. In his support with Lindus, you find out that Lindus still wants to go out and kill those bandits, because by the end of Chapter 10, she's taken down London, but she still hasn't taken out the bandits who killed everyone she cared about. When you, Over the course of her support conversation with Wallace, you find out that in the year between, in the year between uh, Chapter 10, Chapter 11, between Lynn's story and Elliewood's story, Wallace has gone out and killed them all. What? Yeah. I didn't know this. Well, yeah, look up the Lynn and Wallace support. It's a pretty solid support, but one of the, the I don't remember how it structured A B in uh A B and C how it works out, but if I re- vaguely remember the structure of the support is Lynn still sounding angry and bitter for good reason about the bandits killing her family. Wallace is trying to tell her no, you cannot carry that hatred, that revenge in your heart. And then by the A support, I believe, he straight up reveals, yeah, I saw how those bandits had an effect on you. I went out and killed them so you don't have to get that blood on your hands. Jesus. <laughs> Wallace, man, he's the greatest. And he's retired. Yeah, that the old man retired. If you didn't give him the Knight's Crest, then he just was a regular knight, not a general, when he went out and did it. <laughs> good on Wallace I kind of wish we looked up that support instead yeah, of instead we're going to come out to later I'm looking up the support right now just so I can make sure I get it right because we're, we're the freaking emblem support podcast we can talk about more than one support podcast if we feel like it they can't stop us <laughs> we trust nobody no uh, scanning 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 with we're doing some live reads right now. Okay, I can. Uh, I can I'm down with it. Down on the podcast. Be, prot- 
be prepared to potentially cut this. I will not be offended. Okay. Support A. A time for some excellent acting. Lynn. Wallace. Ah, Lady Lindus. I wanted to thank, thank you for fighting with us. It's nothing. I have sworn my body in blade to Caelan. It is my duty to aid the Lady Lindus. Uh, I was going to ask you how the Knights of Caelan were doing. Have they been following my training course? The Manual of Knightly Prowess. Yes, uh... They're all giving their best, all except the crazy ones, which they're supposed to circle the domain at top speed. What? Those weak-bellied wimps. How many time to explain? Leave out one of the drills in the manual, and the good it has done is all for naught. But they're only human. Running full speed around the domain is impossible. With an iron will, nothing is impossible, my lady. At my best, I circled the domain thrice in armor. You can't set one person as a standard for all, especially one as exceptional as yourself. Nonsense. Lord Hasser dismounted and ran three laps with me. You knew my father? I knew him well. I knew the Lord Hasser well, for we were many rivals and things. Tell me about my father. That's that's a C-support. Solid C-support. It really does kind of... It actually you know, gives you background information on Lynn, too. Ah. Uh. Crazy, cra- crazy how like a support can build a character. Huh, imagine that. It's, it's a crazy idea. We should do a podcast about that. Be support time because I want to keep this going because I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this right. But if I'm remembering this completely wrongly, it'll be embarrassing and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> be support. Then, whew, good show. You wield a sword with grace. Ah, good day, General Wallace. You've come so far in this short time. Not only have you mastered the basics, but your progress beyond is swift indeed. I learned the sword from my father. Yes, it is true Lord Hassan was good not just with a bow, but with a sword as well. I must become stronger, not just for this battle. There is something else I must do. Ah, perhaps, Lady Lindus, you speak of the bandits that took your parents' lives. My father, my mother... The people of the Lorca who died. With this sword, I will avenge them all one day, I swear. How saddened the Marquis would be as he heard that a lady of Caelan is plotting revenge. Have you... You would have me forget? Can I forget the blood that was spilled? Can I forget my father? Never, I cannot. Lady Lendis. I'm sorry, Sir Wallace. This is something that I cannot forget. Lady Lendis, do you hate them? The ones who did this to you? I hate them very much, yes. They took my father and mother from me. I shall never forgive them. As long as they live, I can never move on. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Ah, there we go. We've got a build. We see the hatred within Lynn's heart. We see how much it breaks Wallace's heart to see this. Ah, where can the support go? I kind of already spoiled it already, but here we go. (laughs) Lady Lindus. General Wallace. I would not thought to ever tell this to anyone, but I shall tell you and only you. What is it? I haven't told you how I came to burn. Spoiler alert, you find burn in you find Wallace and Burn in the later chapters, if you find him. You mean you didn't wander here by chance? No, not by chance. I came to burn for a reason. I had a purpose. A purpose? The bandits that used to live in the Talver mo- mountains, they were there no more. I have destroyed the bandits of Talver. Why? Why did you do this? The bandits of Talver were my enemies. They were mine too. Lady Lindus, I killed them. 
not for revenge. I want you to be happy. I want the daughter of Lord Hauser and Lady Madeline to be happy. Dot, 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 dot. Lady Lindis, if you truly wish revenge on them, you should be happy. Hatred can be strength. On the plains, you needed that strength to survive, but left too long. Hatred can twist and consume you. Dot, 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 dot. The blood of your parents flows through your veins. That you live must bring them no end to joy. But for you to be filled with such hatred, is that what your parents would have wished for? But, but, but I... My words might not reach you, I know that. Still, Lady Lindis, listen, I pray that your heart will not be clouded. For you have the clear eyes of your mother, and a clear and in clarity lies beauty. He murdered them all! That was nice. That's a fun support. I forgot how much I liked that support. <laughs> I was not even planning on approaching that with this. I might... I might throw that in as a bonus. Maybe. We'll see. Alright. I, I don't even need to talk about the other two lords. I think that's <laughs> enough to talk about death and despair for, <laughs> for lords in that game. We're, we talked about Ellie Wood enough with the death of his dad. We talked about that during our playthrough. And If we ever do Hector mode, we're going to talk about uh, the death of his brother and how that affects him, but Good to talk about Lynn and what was going on with her parents and a little bit of revenge talk. Not sure how much that dealt with the topic of death in Ireland, but hey, I had fun talking about that. <laughs> yeah, sure, go for it. So, um, I'll let you, well, okay, so here, here's my here's my next death, right? Makoto, Fire Emblem Fates. Who? Exactly. So I I, re I remember M Makoto from Persona Five. I don't think she died. No, no, that's Makoto with an A. This is Mikoto with an I. Oh, this—that's probably worse, Makoto. Totally, totally, totally. And it's like—it's not even that I really like dislike or hate this character because I felt like if they kind of altered some plot things, she could have been better. Like, well, <laughs> oh god, I feel like I'm just dunking on Fates again. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember what I remember about Makoto. Doesn't. Doesn't she die, like, really early on because of a sword that turns into butterflies or something? Chapter 5. Chap chapter 5 of the game. I forgot it was that early. It's it's so... it's Okay. Corrin gets found by Kaze and Rinka, and then later on, you know, through Corrin's influence, you know, Corrin, uh, Kaze and Rinka get basically sent back to Hoshido. Well, after a battle, Corrin gets kidnapped, wakes up beside Rinka. They take Rinka, or Rinka takes um, him to the palace. Or her, depending on you know, what your avatar is. And so, the Makoto's like, oh, it's you, it's my son slash daughter. And Corrin is basically just like, I don't have any idea who you are. But then she's like, oh, let's show you to everyone in the town square. So you go to the town square, and then this evil Soul Edge-looking sword that you've carried on you, which Corrin doesn't even question, looking evil or anything, uh, gets teleported into the hands of a guy wearing a black hood. The black the guy with the black hood takes the sword, stabs it into the ground, and it explodes, shooting out, like, uh, I almost said missiles, uh, shards everywhere at people and everything, causing a huge explosion. Makoto basically gets in the way and dies, and she's just like, oh, glad to see you one more time, or something like that. And then she dies, and that's it. 
luckily we had a lot of time to spend with her. Oh wait, it was only chapter five, and we didn't even spend like one chapter with her. I think it's the end of chapter four and chapter five because I think you spend like the first two and a half chapters in Nor, and then you spend like the other two and a half in Hoshido, and then you have to decide between Nor and Hoshido. But I've also written a little blurb on this one. <clears throat> I wrote as follows. Mikoto's death hardly has any effect on the player at, the, at this point in time it takes place. We've seen so very little of her and Corrin, due to, and due to their memory loss, has no real emotional reaction to Makoto when they meet. Even being shown their childhood room stirs nothing within Corrin. So when Makoto dies, because there is no investment, she really has no effect on them. The writers think we care about this, but at this time, there's no time to invest in the character at all. Sure, she returns as an enemy controlled by a non-coast in Revelations and the Heirs of Fate DLC, but because she still likes any development as a character, she's not really anything to be worth caring about. And that's like a... I don't know, maybe that's a hot take, but I mean, even before the game, you know, similar to what we're doing with the Three Houses guy, Jarrett, or Geralt, people are like, oh yeah, she's dead. She's she's Fates Emran. She's already dead. <laughs> The thing was, Emeryn, we, we spent time with Emeryn. We knew who Emeryn was. We knew who much, how much Krom and Lissa cared about her. We didn't really get that with Fates and Mikoto. Because I, I believe you spent a solid six chapters with, uh, I think it's chapters, and maybe even as early as chapter five, you know, basically from five to like, I believe it's chapter ten. I may be getting my chapter numbers confused. I believe it's chapter 10 she dies. Then after that, um, you have the escape chapter, and then you face off with Gangrel one last time. But look about how much her death affected Krom. Krom was pissed. Well, actually, first, he was sad. He was super, super sad. And that that wonderful that wonderful piece of music plays, um, was it Don't Speak Her Name? I think that's the title of the track. Um plays and you know Mustafa's like oh don't if you retreat blah 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 and he's like you know don't speak her name and he's like pissed right and then the next time when you see Gangrel Krom's ready to go he's ready to go his army's ready to go Lissa's ready to go um you actually have a dialogue in the castle in which all your party members who are with you at the time speak up and say yo we're doing this for Emran we're doing this for you let's get it done and Fates who are you, Makoto? It, it, when I say that they could have altered a little bit, you know, at the very start, have, you know, Corrin say a few words like, man, if once I get strong, I can leave the Northern Palace or the Northern Fortress. Then I can see my mother again. You know, make it so Corrin has some sort of motivation other than, well, I don't really know who you are. So when he gets to meet Makoto again, maybe have that scene where she hugs him and him be like, it's you. I remember you. You know, let Corrin have that emotional breakdown where he kind of figures, oh my God, this is her. So then when you go back to that room, instead of Corrin being, or when, you get, when Corrin goes back to the childhood room, instead of him being just like, well, you know, I still don't really remember this either. It doesn't really stir anything within me. Have him actually be like, oh my gosh, I remember that. These are my toys. This is where I lived. Mother, you waited all this time? Because right then and there, you suddenly have an investment and a care for Corrin's relationship to Makoto. Now, whether I would also maybe alter her death to be maybe a couple of chapters later, but it probably doesn't change the 
it's probably not going to change that much, um, her screen time. But at least you know there's a little bit of investment there and there's a little bit of care in her development. Fire Emblem Fates, having taken the time to make you care about the characters before they have an ultimate tragic thing happen, how, that would never happen. That That is absolutely absurd that we would... We, let's just keep on hating Fire Emblem Fates right now, except I'm not going to do that anymore because this is not a Fire Emblem Fates hate podcast as much as Ordo wants it to be. <laughs> you figured me <laughs> out. Yes. Fire Emblem Fates does have that problem with Makoto, but I would raise you one and say that they make up for it in a way with Kaze in Fire Emblem Birthrights. I remember the first time I played Fire Emblem Fates Birthrights, getting to, I think it was chapter 14, I did not have an A support with him yet. I think I was going to like, I think I was working on some other supports. So I was just like, okay, I'll get Kaze in the next chapter. I've got him at B right now. He's almost A. I'll get him at A next chapter. Cutscene happens. And Kaze saves your life by uh, throwing you across the bridge, if I remember correctly, and sacrifices himself. I was significantly more moved, more devastated by Kaze dying in that instant than I was with my own mother passing in that game. Because, again, you'd spent time with Kaze. Kaze was, I think, the one person you had spent the most time with in that game up to that point, him and Rinka. And Kaze gives his life to save you if you don't have an A support. And honestly, I'm glad I didn't have an A support because it made me care a lot more than I would have otherwise. That was a good death. It was semi-accidental, but it was a great death. Kaze is one of my favorites. Um, I played Conquest first. And, um, monster, Norian scum. Uh, yeah, you know, um, well, no, my cause was severely RNG screwed and he ended up dying early on. So when I played birthright, I'm like, man, I'm I, cause I looked up, I was just like, well, what are some good tips for using cause? And then I discovered someone saying, Oh, make sure you have an A support with cause before chapter 14. I was like, mm, okay. So I'm, I, I'm basically made, made him get a, uh, an A support really quickly. I didn't really know what it was for, but you know, I got him. Yeah, I'm glad I played it blind. I'm glad I did not know that going in. And I hope Three Houses has stuff like that too. Yeah, Intent, but but, but you know, but 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 you speak about Kaze and Birthright. And the thing is, it's not just a... Because you brought up, you know, the time that you had spent with him as a character in the game. But it's not just that. By this point, you know, after Chapter 6, if you've chosen Hoshido, you have Kaze. You've put time into Kaze. You've built stats with Kaze. You have other supports with Kaze. Um, you you have the investment there, so when Kaze dies, it's gone, and you don't you don't only lose Kaze, you lose access to his daughter too, uh, Midori. Yeah, I've never met her before. She's nice. She's sweet. Good kid. That's what Fire Emblem Death should do. A Fire Emblem Death should dev- devastate you to a degree like that. If it, and if it doesn't affect you that way, it should affect the character that way. And we never got that with Corin, with her, with Mikoto. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you meant you meant Mikoto, not Corin. Yes. Well, both. Oh, okay. Okay. Whatever. Gotcha. You, I know what you mean. Yes, you know what I mean. Can I? Uh, can I? Can I? Can I dunk on Fates one more time? I'm not saying no. Okay. 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 Here's 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 another death that. 
somehow is worse than Makoto. Still not the worst in the game, but actually, no, it may be one of the worst. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, so there's a character that appears in, I believe it's in all three paths, but he's only recruitable in Birthright. So it's the character of Azana. He is the Archduke of Izumo. He's more of a, um, a joke character. Um, even though he has connections, he can talk with the gods and stuff. So here's my little blurb that I wrote on him. What was his name again? Izana. I-Z-A-N-A. So you're even having to look him up because you don't remember who he is. Oh, I kind of remember this face now. Yeah, he's he's a very jokey character with little seriousness to him, despite him being the Archduke of Izumo. So here's my little blurb that I've typed out for him. Izana's death in Revelations is somehow worse at conveying anything. I, I believe I mistyped that, but okay. Uh, is, is somehow worse at conveying a good death. To start off with, he is a character on the more jokey side of things, which isn't a bad thing, but he hardly appears in any path and only has one support partner overall, and might even be missed by the player if they aren't building up my castle since he only appears once the hot spring is let level 3. He dies by talking to the gods in Revelations, but even then he still has a jokey line when addressing them, asking them, Hey gods, what up? And by the way, his only support partner is Corrin, so... He immediately dies after that cutscene, and it's just like, Corrin's holding him in his arms, and I'm just like, you're just someone else that just showed up and died. Why do I even care? Again, no investment. How do you Zana know what I say to my god? Oh, well. Beats me. But for, I will say there that there are there is a death at the end of Birthright, which you're like, oh, man. Because as someone who played Conquest first and then played Birthright, I was definitely surprised by this death. I was just like, oh, that sucks. And what death are you talking about? You haven't you haven't beat Birthright, so I'm not going to tell you. Monster. <laughs> You're going to make me play Fates, aren't you? Yes, yes. But no, I, I do think that, that that death is actually handled... Um, I do think that that death is handled well when we're talking about in terms of investment and character and all that good stuff. As long as it's not my boy Takumi, I'm good. I wish it was Takumi. But we've got to play Conquest, right? Uh, we've got to play Conquest. We've got to play Revelations. We've got to play all the Fire Emblem games, but first three houses. Golden yeah. Deer for life. All right, Commoner. All right, so who's... Uh, did you have one more on there? I do have Unamas. It is a death... Wait which does affect the main character. It affects those watching the game. It affects everyone around the character. It is the death of Grail from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. You get a, you spend a lot of time with Grail, but you never really get to see him on the battlefield, or you never get to control him on the battlefield, but you hear so much of his prowess, how amazing he is. You see him at one point walk in and just devastate and save the day you can see him going one-on-one with some of the strongest generals nothing can beat this guy you also see him training ike and boyd and basically being the father figure of the grail mercenaries too yes they are the grail mercenaries everyone there has a relationship like even shannon who's a bit of a jerk even though shannon's right uh like even he respects grail it's just like yeah i'm i'm uh he'll be around there for him but 
that doesn't last for long because just a few chapters into the game you you do sp- get to spend a lot of time with him but he does fall to the black knight in a cutscene a pretty decent cutscene in my opinion it still holds up because you've got uh, Ike being devastated at the end you got a solid sword fight going on uh, the, the first good cutscene in that game because as much as I like Path of Radiance like the first cutscene of that game is kind of bad uh, I just like I remember that still shot where you know Ike has I I believe it's a still shot I think it transfers actually I think it transfers from a cutscene to a still shot and you see like Grail draped over Ike and Ike's trying to like get him back to the base and it's raining and stuff and Ike's he's still a boy at this point uh, well he's not like a boy but you know he's still he's not strong he's yes. not he's not you know like we see him later on. And he's just, you know, he's devastated. You know, he had to watch his father die in front of his eyes. And then he can't even bring him back to, the to like, the mercenary hideout. And his father dies in his arms. And yep. it's devastating. He's not nearly strong enough to avenge him against this Black Knight. It's The death of Grail weighs on Ike. It weighs on all of the characters. Like, Shinnan and Gautry straight up abandoned the Grail mercenaries because Grail's not there anymore. And, his death carries a weight that carries throughout the entire game. You can see it with Ike. You can see it with, as he learns more about his father's backstory, his backstory with the empire, his backstory with the emblem. Uh, you see it in, um, basically it's a barracks conversation like right after where I, I think it's Ike. Who... It is Ike. Ike finds, uh, he, he talks with a lot of people, but I think the one you're going to reference, if I had to bet, because I remember it clear as day, is a conversation with uh, Titania. Yeah, and it's not really a conversation. You, She's basically facing, rather than you know the two characters facing each other, she's actually facing off, and the backdrop is a still of the woods at night, and you see her dot, 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 and she's, I think it just says sniff, and it says, oh, grail. Like, she's sobbing to herself. And Titania is strong. She was a strong female character and she's like, she, you know, she's sobbing in the woods by herself. And I don't think Ike said anything else to her. I think he just has, I think it's implied that he basically just walks away from her. That was, that was such a good death that affects the player, all the characters It affects the world at that moment. And it carries through chapters throughout the game as Ike, a big part of Ike's journey is trying to feel his father's shoes Oh, it, it is such a good death. It might be my favorite death in Fire Emblem. I think it carries so well. Yeah, yeah. To kind of contrast that, you know, to Makoto's death again. Like, I think when I wanted to learn a little bit more about Makoto, I decided to look into the com- support conversations between Corin and Orochi. And Orochi is basically just kind of telling these jokey stories, like, "Oh, she was kind of silly and fun, and ha ha ha." It's like, oh, it's, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it does kind of give her that jokey side, but um, actually, I do think there are some serious moments where, where she's like, you know, when she was alone, she definitely, you know, did cry because she missed Corrin so much. Her son was taken away from her. So uh, that does get a little bit of credit to Makoto's death, but it doesn't affect the overall world around them like Grail's death does. But that's what, what a good death should do. There's inevitably probably going to be... Uh, at least one death like that in Fire Emblem Three Houses. 
I just hope it's a good one. I hope it's earned. I want to feel emotionally attached to all these characters, so I'm devastated when they die by some cutscene. Yeah. Or because that would totally never happen with my bad commanding. Yeah, I remember when I was still playing Fire Emblem Heroes, the Valentine's banner this year was, I think, like, Grail's Children or Grail's Chosen. And um, Grail actually shows up, and it's an alternate version of Grail who didn't die. And Ike, like, suddenly, Ike is, like, that boy again, where he's like, it's you, it's it's my father. Because it's implied that this is the same Ike that we went through the adventure with in Path of Radiance, but the Grail is not. And, like, you know, he's still calling him father, and, you know, Grail's... I wish I had the conversations in front of me, but Grail has just some fantastic, you know, advice for him. And I believe he, you know, tells him to take care of his sister and all that before, like, the Tempest dissipates and he, like, doesn't get to see that version of Grail again. It's just, it's a little heartbreaking. And uh, I think this, the special Valentine's Day version of Titania also has a quote that's basically like, you know, you need to tell everyone that you love them because you never know when you not, might not be able to. And I was just like, oh my god. I still felt that from Path of Radiance in this mobile game. You know, so many years later, I was just like, dang, man. Girl's Death's powerful. Uh, and that, I think that just about wraps up our talk about Death and Fire Realm. Um, because, of course, we're such good strategists. When we get to the... Uh, playthrough portion we're not going to have any deaths whatsoever right <laughs> <laughs> of course not oh. so this will end this version of the well this will end this will end this section of the podcast um the letter half is going to be the stuff that we recorded before um our past selves past ordo and past Cardwiz, are going to be talking about a pairing uh from fire emblem awakening then we're going to get to the emblem club and then um, I guess we'll see y'all in the past, future? Ah, time travel. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, we hope you have a good day, and thank you for listening. Talk about love. In particular, ones that come along with some supports. You picked out the support we had this week. I'm sure these two characters are going to have some real strong love and happiness to get us over this all this depressing death talk what do you got for us make me happy card was i hate to break it to you but i've chosen a support i've chosen a support from fire emblem awakening now up until this part point uh we've also done these supports that are really feel good really nice we really really like them but today my friend after watching wrestlemania i've decided i have to turn heel on our audience i have to be the bad guy no but but it's a it's a fire emblem support. It has to be good. This is the emblem support podcast. We talk about good stuff, right? Not this time, good friend. Oh. I'm planning to anger a lot of people with this one. So the support I have chosen, which I think is a awful support, a bad support. Crom and female Robin. But but those are two of the main characters from the game. I had to do it to him. I had to stand on the sidewalk with my hands folded. Listen, see, there are a lot of people that really love this pairing, consider it their canon, their OTP, whatever. And when I played this game, I I have a female avatar playthrough, and I was like, well, 
to, in other for me to actually complete Chrom's support because I was actually I was actually grinding the support um, support log and trying to get it completed, which to this day I've still never done. But I was like, well, my last one I have to do is female avatar and Chrom. So I did a female avatar playthrough, and I let her marry Chrom. And man, their supports are just really bad. How could it be be so bad? Like, let let's go through it. Let's start with the C support. How how does this relationship? How do how do they really start to come together as a couple? Well, at the very start of it, we know that Chrom uh, is checking in on Robin. Uh, you know, she's basically finished her combat practice, and he's telling her, "Hey, you know, you should relax, put your feet up a bit. You know, experienced soldiers wrestling they can on a campaign like this. You'll never know when the next battle battle might break out." And I feel like it starts off pretty nice. And, you know, Robin agrees, and she's like, you know, we've barely had any time to eat. Crom uh, agrees with this. You know, it's been a tough road sh- tough road to be sure, and it's only going to get harder. And she goes, you know, hey, I, I do rest when I can, though a lady needs her beauty sleep after all. Crom's like, uh... Crom's like, what, did I say something? And after this, Crom goes, you know, it's nothing, just that I really don't consider you the type to take care of beauty and such, and I've never really thought of you as a lady. Real smooth, Crom. Yeah. Smooth. You know, he, he tries to, he, I mean, he tries to cover it up. He's like, you know, no, I mean, I didn't mean not like that. Not to say a lady, per se. You know how you fight and strategize. And not to say a lady can't fight, but, oh, God, this is coming out all wrong. And I, I kind of get the, <laughs> I kind of get they're trying to play him as kind of, like, awkward or whatever. It, the, this is sort of cute and cheesy. This is coming off as, like, uh, the protagonist of some, like, harem anime or something like that. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, he's like, you know, oh, God, you know, uh, I spent a whole term on etiquette. And she goes, Robin goes, you know, perhaps you could use another term. This time I'll have to talk with a lady. And Crom's like, well, it's just my image of a lady is prim and proper and perfumed and pretty. You know, nothing like you at all. When I look at you, I don't see lady. <laughs> do that, do that, or Robin, <laughs> what are you doing with that rock? And she's like, I'm thinking a sharp blow to the head might fix your eyesight. <laughs> so this, this is, this is silly. This is cheesy. This is, this is kind of fun. It's weird that this is a conversation between your protagonist, two protagonist characters, but it, it, this is, seems harmless. I would actually say that their C support's not bad. It's 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 that right kind of like goofy and funny that kind of fits in with Crom's character, but at the same time, he's kind of insulting her. So we move on to the B support, and I kind of feel like this sure, is I'm where sure it's, it's got to get better from there. It's got to get better than that. This is this is where it starts <laughs> off the cliff for me. So. Crom's looking for Robin in the beast support, and he's like, you know, hey, Robin, are you in there? Robin, hello, I have a question about our next move. She tells him, like, oh, hey, wait outside a moment. And the first thing he does is, like, walk in there. And, he, and you know, she freaks out, and he's like, you know, oh, there you are. I can hardly see a thing this blasted steam. Anyways, I wanted to consult with you about tomorrow's march. You see, is there any reason you, you weren't wearing any clothing? And she's like, Crom, rather than standing there like a slack-jawed village idiot, perhaps you could wait outside like I asked. And then he's like, but I, you, oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say, she goes out. And then yeah, it's discovered uh, that it's, it's discovered that, oh, what kind of idiot blunders straight into the women's bathing tent? It's just like, from well here, done, Trump. leader, leader of the army, prince of the nation. Well, well done. Classy dude. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know the, you don't know where the things are in your own camp. Uh, Last on the season support, I said it felt like oh, Crom is just like a harem anime clueless protagonist. It, it this is taking it one step up on that. 
this not not a good look. Yeah, it's not. I mean, and the the rest of the support is actually not that bad. Where it's just like, oh, where he's like, you know, according to this map, one route one route route is steep through the hills. You know, they're basically talking about like tactical plans and how they should advance and whatnot. Uh, and then at the very end, you know, uh, Robin's like, well, goodbye, and Crom has to bring it back up. He's like, oh, uh, sorry about the bath thing. I honestly, didn't mean to catch you like that. And it kind of goes again. It goes back to that, you know, you don't know where the things are in your own camp. This is this is our leader. This is our leader, our exalt. This is our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give him the fire emblem. Yep. But we won't bring the fire emblem. But actually, we will bring the fire emblem. Uh, we'll hit awakening one day. <laughs> one day. One day. Uh, but then a the, the a kind of starts out like you know oh I feel so awkward around Robin ever since that run into the bathing tent he's like uh. Whenever I end up alone with her, I'm just frozen in embarrassment. And what should I do? I never had this problem before, and... Ah, yes, I know, a bath. Perhaps a nice hot bath is a thing for the nerves. I'll have a soak, and then find Robin for a lax conversation, as always. So in this this paragraph, he's automatically admitted that, like, Oh, I can't... I have trouble talking to Robin. But then he's like, Oh, by the way, I always have good conversations with Robin. So, like, which is it? Uh, It's... This is just, this is ridiculous. This is awkward anime teen sex comedy sort of thing. Yeah. Not what I, not exactly what I want from the main protagonists, the two main heroes of the game. That's not the kind of conversation I wanted between them. I can get having, wanting to have a light conversation between them to show off the not super serious side, but this is slapstick ridiculous and does not make anyone look good right so the next line of dog is is uh you know female realm she's like well let's see the lances and axe and axes are kept somewhere around here i guess she also doesn't know being the tactician where things are in the camp she goes oh i know it's kept around here i'll just take a quick inventory and see if we need any repairs or anything somewhere around here ah here the arm storage tent i presume all right i'll just head in and whoa whoa so apparently she's wandered into it just says a tent so so either she wandered into the male's bathing tent or Crom just thought the armor tent was the bathing tent yeah one of of the two our heroes ladies and gentlemen the people that are going to lead us to victory and so Basically, the rest of the support is just like, oh, we, well, we kind of saw each other naked. You know, we've got nothing to hide. I guess now we're closer than ever. And she's like, not the appropriate way for a man and woman to get to know each other, but I suppose as long, long as no one else knows. He's like, haha, like we're partners in crime sharing an unsavory past. <laughs> Anything that brings us closer will make us stronger in the battlefield. Just you wait. Robin's Robin ends this with partners in crime. <laughs> I like the thought of that. Well, partner, your secret's safe with me. That's so. This is a weird way to end a conversation where you just saw someone naked for the first. Ah, that's weird. I saw you naked. You saw me naked. So you know what that means. Marriage time. It's marriage time. It's marriage time. Do we have to talk about the S support? Are are all the S supports are not that good in my opinion on awakenings? I'm going to. Uh, well, we didn't choose Virian and Olivia, so I'm sorry. We could, have, we could have had something good here, but I chose this one. Uh, Robin's like, uh, Krom, 
just the man I wanted to see. We need to talk. Robin's still just like, ugh, Robin, ugh. It's about that tomorrow's... Uh, basically, I, I'm sorry. I hate this S support. I hate, I hate these supports entirely. Egath, I like you. Here's a ring that we can give to our child who we run into from the future. Thaw. I, I just... I don't, I'm, I'm not going to read the rest of the S support because I hate yeah, it. But- I wanted to choose a bad support and not a good support. And this is... This is really bad, it's really long, and I don't care. It's kind of a bad support, but what, again, what makes it worse is that these are the two main characters, these are the heroes. This would be a solid, okay support if it was just like, if it was two side characters. Yeah. If it wasn't the two main heroes of the game having a wacky, oh, I ran into you naked thing. And here's the thing, like... Well, for the most part, like Robin and I'm sorry, female Robin and male Robin, for the most part, have like sort of the same supports, except there's like a handful that are actually different. This is one of the supports that needed to be exactly the same because the male Robin, all they do in their supports, they talk about you know their friendship and their bonds and things like that, and they they end with an A support, obviously because you know Chrome has to have Lucina. Um, this is medieval times, so there's no, you know, science or whatever. But um, if they had copied over that support. And then had a different, um, and then had like a different S support because this S support is just battle on its own, anyways. And they had like a different S support that kind of led to their marriage. It would be actually pretty good, but this pairing for these supports is awful. And I feel like people like ign- want to ignore this because of all the main story stuff. And I'm like, well, you can't really ignore it because it's there. I forget if we rank these out of five or out of ten, but what do you rank? The, the female Robin and Crom support. Um, I don't think we rank him anymore, but if I had to rank him, I would probably give it a zero. I wouldn't even rank it for anything because it's a bad support. Actually, you know what? You know what? You know what? Let me take that back. I'll give it a one because the C support's actually nice. I'd, pr- I'd probably be a little bit more generous and give it a two. Again, I don't think it's a terrible support itself, but the fact that it's between the two main characters is awful. Yeah. And people, it's kind of funny because people want to, people will call me out and be like, oh, you hate Awakening. It's like, I don't hate Awakening. I like Awakening. I've said it's a must-have game that you should have for your 3DS. I own the art book. I own Krom, Robin, and Lucina Amiibo. So I don't hate these characters. I just think that these two characters deserve better than this. I I must say, I do greatly enjoy Awakenings. I love Awakenings. Fates, eh, but that's not, that's for another day. Yeah. It's disappointing to see a game that even I love a lot have stuff like this, which just feels like the game should be better than. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's you know it's sad. See so if you and if you like and if you like this pairing, it's not like an attack on you personally. These are just our opinions. Because I know some people take it as a personal attack, but it's 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 not a personal attack. It's just you know, it's us shooting the shit basically. Ah. <sighs> Let's wash the taste of a support that we didn't like out of our mouth. Let's talk about something that we can both agree on. Fire Emblem 7 is freaking awesome. Yes. And the story is just getting more and more noteworthy taking. I I probably took more notes in the five chapters we covered here more than the other chapters combined. Since it's been about a month since we played, and really, it's been about, I mean, other than, you know, yesterday when we were watching WrestleMania, it's been about a month since we actually had a formal just sit down and talk as well. So, we believe we started on chapter 23, 
and we went through 26X. Yes, we started off on Chapter 23, the Four-Fanged Offense, since we left off on 22X last time. But And Fire Emblem 7 gets a little crazy with their Chapter 23, because Chapter 23 is one of the places in this game where you have a split branch. You can have two different maps where you fight uh, one or one of the uh, either Linus or Lloyd. You got a four-fanged offense. Where, and the thing is, with both maps, you can recruit a completely different character. Uh, it is a crazy thing. I'm glad this game does. I wish this game had more chapters of it like this. I wish other games did did more of this. But actually, um, Binding Blade does it. I believe. Bind, uh, sadly, I haven't gotten to play Binding Blade yet, but I would absolutely, if when I get to Binding Blade eventually, I look forward to it, if that happens. It, it's just a really neat thing that happens that makes the playthrough just a tiny bit uh, fresher and different. It makes it a pain in the butt when you're trying to complete support logs when you've got characters that you can, when you have to choose between either Wallace or Geats and have to get all their supports for different playthroughs, but it's still really cool. I'm really glad that the game does this. Yeah, well, speaking of Geats, like, again, it's kind of an aside before you jump into it, but I didn't know Geats existed until I uh, watched someone play him in a randomizer. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know he existed. And I started, I think the first time I played this game would have been like late 2007 or 2008. Didn't know he existed until like two years ago. I was just like, wait, this game still has secrets I don't know about. Kind of cool. Uh, oh, yep. the, the way this one works is that if the sum of Lynn, Elliewood, Hector's, all of their levels is above 50, you get the level where Linus is the boss and you recruit Wallace. But if their levels combined are 49 or below, you get the map or a reverse that if it's the map with Linus, you get Geats. If they're 49 or below, you get the map with Lloyd and Wallace. Yeah, so I ended up with Lloyd and Wallace. I ended up with Lloyd and Wallace as well. Sorry, Geats. I will never know you. Uh, but the map with Lloyd is a very nice one, and I will go to my notes and see what in the world is going on at this point in the story. Let's see here, because I, I, took, I took very minimalist notes on Chapter 22. Um, and then chapter 23, I actually forgot to copy down the intro for the map, as well as 24, and 25, and 26, and 26X. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I was, I was, fast-tracking to take notes, because I thought we were going to record on a different day, and it was still fresh in my mind. And then we, like, I just, I don't know, I guess I just forgot, or didn't feel like it, or whatever, and so we're recording a couple of weeks later, so. Yeah. It's whatever. My first note on here is, uh, King Desmond shows off Burns' military strength. I guess we'll start from there. Well, at, at this point in the game, we're we've got Elliewood and our Lord, our squad. We're pretty much going full on against the Black Fang, and the Black Fang is going to burn to get a little bit of help. We got the so we're it's try to make it Black Fang and burn against Elliewood and the worlds, and because the Black Fang wants to work with Burn in order, and Burn wants Burn wants their help because the King of Burn doesn't want his son to ascend to the throne so he's hired the black fang to help out with that i am sorry for the last minute of words that i don't think made sense you're pulling to me yeah i did and one of the things that we now know is that because there are so many spies in burn 
because of uh, the ascension ceremony for Prince Zephiel, uh, the nobles can no longer move freely within Vern, and Elliewood and company have to have to find brilliant disguises. Brilliant disguises. You would never recognize them if you couldn't see their armor underneath a brown cloak of sorts. I mean, honestly, when they came on screen with the brown cloaks down with their faces fully shown, I didn't even know that these were still the playable characters in the game. I thought maybe I had a a glitched ROM hack or something. Turns out, it's just a brown cloak. Gasp. But our heroes managed to sneak into burn, and thanks to Pent and Louise and their high upstandings, they are able to sort of try to try to arrange a meeting with the queen. Basically, uh, Louise is a distant relative of the queen, and Pent himself is actually—I think—he's one of the highest-ranking mage. He's one of the highest nobles in uh, the land of Arturia, being the mage general. So that kind of gives him some leeway to be able to speak with Queen uh, Helen. Yes, but while they are in Burn, uh, the Black Fang gets on the move. Thankfully, a random bandit comes out of nowhere and is kind enough to tell everyone, hey, uh, Lloyd is here and he's going to kill you all. Thank you for the warning. Beginning of map. <laughs> I actually have a couple of small story bits here. Uh, but this is our first appearance of Nino. Yay, Nino. Um, we, we actually know from this that, I actually put a note here that kind, softer music plays, and I guess that's to illustrate, you know, the kind person that Nino is. Um, uh, Nino, she basically runs the messages for Sonia to this point. Uh, and obviously we'll get a little bit more into Nino in probably the next couple of chapters. And that's when we'll talk about her character. Uh, a couple other things on um, Black Fang's headquarters is actually in Burn, but the location was never told to uh, Legault, which is someone we're also going to be talking about in a little bit. And fun little thing on this map. we I believe in the middle of the this map, we get a little cutscene inside one of the regular houses of Nino tending to an injured Jafar. Yeah, basically Jafar's job didn't go as planned, and that you know that leads to Nino to care for him. And we can actually we can actually approach this house uh, when we go inside. Nino's like, you know, nothing's happening in here. Go away. Yeah, I actually tried to visit that village with Legault and see if I can get some special dialogue, but alas, there is none. Yeah. Uh, Murdoch, I put, uh, there's also another house where you'll see, uh, Murdoch, uh, is Murdoch and a random soldier basically discussing, you know, Desmond and his tyranny. Um, and then, you know, Murdoch's like, yo, yo, be quiet. Keep this on the low. Somebody's here. And then your character's like, oop, and runs out of the house. Just one of the many things our characters are able to randomly overhear. <laughs> We'll get more to that later. But yeah. Another random house. Fang Offense has some good random houses to visit. There's one house where a random lady is just says that the White Wolf Lloyd is incredibly handsome. So I, it was a cute little bit of dialogue. So I tried to lead Lloyd to the front of her house to come visit her. But sadly, we're playing on normal mode and Lloyd doesn't move in normal mode. So I couldn't kill him right in front of her, her eyes. Yeah. I might be a little twisted. Oh, well. Yeah, this is actually a, it's, some of this is starting to come back to me. It's actually a fog of war map. So you have ballista there on this map. They'll shoot your people down if you're not careful. Um, there's hidden soldiers. And I believe we already discussed, you know, the whole Wallace and Geats thing. One of them randomly shows up. 
You can also be insane like I was and try to put your character in the arena for a few rounds. Yeah, this is one of those arena grind levels if you have the patience for it. I never have the patience for it, so I never do it. Yeah. There's also Wallace, who you can talk to with pretty much any of the people from the first, from the Kalen group of Lin Sane, Will, and maybe Florina off the top of my head in order to recruit the knight or general. So, I mean, other than that, I kind of think this map is pretty much straightforward. Um, we fight Lloyd or Linus in my case, it was actually Lloyd, but, uh, we fight Lloyd to the death and well, actually it's not to the death, but you know, Lloyd's basically, you know, he sees that, you know, Elliewood and company aren't bad people. And he starts to, he starts to ponder himself how to unmask Sonya for who she truly is. But before this can happen, Limstella appears and basically kills him and still his, steals his essence or quintessence for Nurgle. <laughs> Which is kind of a sad thing because, like, if you think about it, you know that that was that's kind of like the Black Fangs motif. They go after people who are bad, and it wasn't until you know Sonya joined, Sonya joined, and then Sonya married the Reed brothers' father that suddenly all this, you know, now they're just kind of going after whoever and wherever because Sonya has some kind of hold over you know the father. But we see that Lloyd still has some honor. He holds Elliewood captive, much like the way in a callback to when Uai held Lin captive on the Dread Isle. But we find out that we bring up Uai's name and Lloyd realizes, hey, we have, our group has some honor. So he ends up letting us go so he can figure out what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, meanwhile, I think we have another cut here and it's like, you know, the Jafar and Nino plot advances, you know, Jafar's still pretty hurt and Nino's actually having trouble stopping the bleeding. I believe that's where that little mini scene cuts. Yeah. But sadly, that's not the only thing it gets cut as Limicella appears out of nowhere and ends up killing Lloyd before he could tell Linus what's going on. Nothing to personnel, kid. Yeah, this is such a good map with a lot of little story bits. That doesn't even touch upon the random village where a random old man will give you a frickin' earth seal, one of the most valuable things in the entire game. Yeah. (laughs) It's, and it, turn, it turns out that old man was uh, the prince's teacher. Don't know what that has to do with anything, but he told us that and gave us one of the most valuable items in the game. Thank you, old man. So after this, I have uh, Linus discovers the body, gets super mad, and he swears vengeance against us. Um, now this next part, um, which is actually going to cover the main story, I actually could not take all the notes on this because this conversation is insanely long so I, I just put King Desmond and Queen Helen have a long conversation about Zephiel the ceremony and the fire emblem are all mentioned in this conversation and like their importance here yeah for the first time we really get an idea of what the fire emblem is and in this world it is basically a ceremonial tool used in order to help make a prince a king a weird use of the title thing from the entire game, but what, whatever it's off to the side. doesn't matter. Yeah. Point, I, main, you know, that's, that's probably, that's probably because it's, you know, a prequel. It's probably already something else established in the binding blade. Mm-hmm. So but for now we, we just learned that the King of Burn does not like Zephiel and it is going to do whatever it takes to prevent him from becoming King. Yeah. Like Queen Helen doesn't even live in the castle. They live like in a mansion, like somewhere else. So I again, and the king also has a uh, 
why am I forgetting the word? Mistress. Yeah, he, the king has a mistress, and basically, you know, she fathered him a daughter. And so Queen Helen's kind of poking him, and she's like, you know, I bet you you're glad that that mistress of yours fathered you a daughter, because that means that my son, Zephiel, is still in line for the throne. It's very, it's it's a very heated, venomous conversation between these two. Mm-hmm. And you see that, like, no one... I don't want to say no one's in the right, but everyone's kind of vile and everything's all Game of Thronesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Zephiel's essentially just a tool for the queen to get her power back. Luckily, while a lot of stuff is going on, our main characters are over able to overhear a lot of things that happen. Well, no, not 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 on this part. Not on this part. This is not where... on this part. It, it's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. So I have one here. Luis and Pent meet with the queen. And basically what it comes down to is that if Ellie Wood can complete a task for the Queen in 10 days, the time he was at the L ceremony, she will listen to the request of Ellie Wood. Because our heroes are seeking the, uh, actually, I may have actually missed this note. Let me scroll up. Uh, yeah, because our heroes are looking for the Shrine of Seals. Um, yeah, so basically she'll tell us the location of the Shrine of Seals if we can complete a task for her, which is to recover the stolen fire emblem. No big deal. No big deal at all. Yeah, you know. But how are we going to find this fire emblem? How do we know where it is? You know what? I don't know. Uh, I guess we should sneak into the palace and overhear the king talking with Sonya. Yeah. Yeah, I have one here. Elliewood, Hector, and Lynn. Well, basically, they kind of note how strong Burn's defenses are. It's a castle surrounded by mountains, and it's the only country where wyverns, wyverns still fly with its riders. And I put, I put in, I put in parentheses, you know, at this time because I don't know, you know, what happens in Binding Blade. Then after this, this is where our three heroes just kind of just waltz into the castle because apparently there's no sentries posted or anything. Uh, this is where you know our. Our people go all Metal Gear Solid. And uh, we we get to see uh, Teenage Zephiel and a young Guinevere, both uh, characters who are the main focal points in um, Binding Blood. Uh, we get to see cute, loving conversation between a brother and his little sister. Uh, he ends up getting his sister a little pet fox. And, it, oh, it's so cute and adorable. And oh, you, you fall in love with these two a little bit. But Nothing the, bad could happen to them in the future. But the king has played Super Smash Brothers Melee, and he is tired of Fox, so he tells a soldier to go kill the fox. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so Desmond, here's where we kind of get where the Black Fang comes in. Uh, basically, Desmond has conspired with Sonya to steal the Fire Emblem away so it can't be used in the ceremony. And basically, if, he, if it can't be used for that ceremony, then Zephael cannot assume the role as king. And so King Desmond will end up staying in power. So, um, da, 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 da. oh yeah, and apparently she also had another request. Um, and while all this is happening, you know, outside the castle, Ninian and Nils speak. Um, Nils has something interesting to say here, and he warns Ninian not to fall in love with Elliewood. Well, my B support says that's not going to happen. <laughs> It's actually, well, it's actually, I, I kind of simplified it here, but it, but that's just basically, 
basically kind of like just like a small mini conversation because we've kind of got hints of the kind of already kind of feel something for each other. I think we get that back in chapter, I want to say maybe 20 or 22, whatever the nighttime chapter was. 20. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we, we get to the map where we have, uh, we have our entire squad is pretty much split up and we have a very dangerous looking scary lady with a deadly looking spear. Miss Vida. Oh, Vida. This, this map is a fun map to play through. It's you're on Ellywood normal mode. You're not going to really have much problems. The only issues you might have is getting to the village before bandits do. And whether you want to tempt Vida to go after you or not, I recommend not doing it. Although there's one thing you can do on this chapter, which will make it a whole lot easier. Yeah, it's uh, the enemy control glitch, which I actually had to read it up. I had to read up on it to figure out how to do it. Almost, did, almost didn't do it. Almost died. <laughs> oh, the mine glitch. The mine you get from the crazy old lady back way back in chapter 13, I think. You can use that mine try to force an enemy to step on it and after they step on it in the middle of that animation turn off your console worked on the gba and thankfully it worked on the wii u where i'm playing this game turn it off there turn is that a soft reset or a hard reset uh i just turn off the console oh set the game and thanks to fire emblem pretty much saving after every single move so that you can't cheese it it accidentally made this little glitch, which is absolutely fantastic in this case, because when you turn it back on, you are in control of the enemy units for this turn and the things you can do on this turn. You can just completely throw away all the enemy's weapons. So they're just fighting defensive. So they have nothing to fight back against making this map, the easiest map in the game, which I did because I like easy. I like choosing it a little bit. Plus, there's one trick you can do on this map where you can get yourself the Uber Spear. The Uber Spear is a weapon that Vida is holding. It's a spear which is programmed so that it gives her a bunch of bonuses to basically simulate some magical enhancements that Nurgle has given her. You can trade the spear down to a shaman just below her on Elliewood Normal Mode. And ha- who, when you beat him, he would dro- normally drop a lunatome, I think. But if you drop the lunatome and give him the spear, he'll drop the spear instead. So you defeat him, pick up the spear, and give it to any unit you want, and they will have insane boost powers to them. And in my playthrough, I'm giving it to Lowen because Lowen's one of my best. And uh, there's, because, you know, I think it only has like 15 uses or something like that. I believe it's either on this map or the previous map. There's a hammering step where you can actually repair that as well and get, you know, 30 uses out of it. Yep. It, it's this one in a hammering staff. I believe the hammering staff has three uses to it. So technically you can basically get 60 uses out of that. Well, not 60, but like 55 uses out of the spear. 45, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15. Yeah. But you heal it up to 15, three times. Yeah. It's 45. 15 plus 15 plus 15 plus 15 is 60. No, 15 plus 15 plus 15. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I hate uh, you. Well, you know, you know I'm bad at math. Anyways, um, P, 
Pent and Luis will actually join us on this map. I love Pent and Luis. Uh, we have a, a bow user who's good off the start and a sage who's pretty much pretty great. Yeah, I mean, Luis is a little bit on the slow side. I mean, like, archers aren't great in general, but if you were really dedicated and wanted to use them, you would. I mean, I always use them, so... Plus, they have the bonus of they're married. They have their A support already, so you automatically get those boosts. Yeah, you just have to watch when their conversations come up, and I don't think I've got them yet, unless I actually missed something. It's been a while. I think it's on... The conversations are on Cog of Destiny... One of, and I think the final two parts of the last fight, yeah, that's been a while. Right. And so I actually, uh, I put on here, um, go go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's tricky to get their, to actually see their C, B, and A support because you have to do it on three specific maps. Right. But I don't, I think that's what they are off the top of my head. And so, I mean, we already kind of talked about Pent, I believe, in the Desert chapter. Again, it's been a while. Um, Luis is his wife. I, Yoshi's very nice, very sweet. Um, apparently, okay, I, I kind of want to talk about their... I, I won't talk about their marriage, because I think there's, it's actually kind of nice. Basically, you know, Pent was a lord, and he was having to pick someone who was uh, to be a, be a suitor for him. All of these women lined up for him. And he had to pick one. And Louise, you know, she was always worried because she, she's like, you know, I'm not really talented. I can't dance. I can't really sing. And so when Pent was going through and talking to each one of these women, you know, some of them kind of said the same thing. I think I believe this may be actually covered in uh, their A support, or it would, or I think it's in one of Louise's supports. But you know, he's going through. He's talking to all these different women. And he goes over to Luis and, you know, he's like, you know, what's your talent? And she's like, you know, I can't sing. I can't dance. I don't have any real talent. But what I can do is always protect you with this bow no matter what. And, like, basically all the women, like, shunned her and laughed at her. Louis and Pent proposed to her right there and then. Uh, such a sweet moment between a lord and someone who he wouldn't normally think of as being a lady with her skill set. Uh, if only... Crom and female Robin could learn a lesson of how to interact with each other. Yeah, actually, uh, there's a there's a Fire Emblem Cipher card of Pent, and you can tell he's a little bit younger, and he's dressed in a different attire, and he's actually on his knees, and he has Luis's hand in his hand. It's actually kind of cool. <laughs> Have you seen it? I've probably seen it at some point. I could look it up again later. <sighs> I, I I enjoy the art from the Cipher cards. Yeah, I gotta get you some. Yeah, in this map, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else worth noting. Ah, it is worth noting you get your first heaven seal so you can promote either Lynn or Hector or playing Hector mode either Elliewood or Lynn uh, well there's also something else in that uh, at the very bottom of the map uh, Ursula is here yes yeah, she's nice enough to give you a hammer and staff to make your uber spear last forever yeah and she's also not really happy with Vida either I guess I guess Vida was basically picked over her for this map I'm okay with that because I really didn't want to fight a Valkyrie right now yeah, me either. We'll we'll wait a couple of time, a couple of maps. Eh. Speaking but of, that, we have to move on to a pale flower of darkness. My first note here says Metal Gear FE7. So we're still in Metal Gear mode. We're still sneaking everywhere. Yes, but uh, and and continue with the story. We'll talk about the details <laughs> later. So I do remember this because it's one of my favorite ones because I really like this defense map. Um. Jafar and Nino 
are finally given that task to kill Zephiel. Nino really does say, do my best, all the time. Pre-Fireable Heroes fans. She really says, do my best, all the time. So, after Nino and Jafar are basically given this task by Sonya to kill Zephiel, Nino runs off, and then, you know, Sonya's like, you know, yo, Jafar, chill for a second. Let me tell you something. Once that task is done, I want you to kill Nino as well. Jafar is like, it's kind of like, you know, we kind of see, you know, a little bit of Jafar's humanity because before this, we kind of see like the silent assassin, you know, he only like basically speaks in ellipses. And, um, I put Jafar shows humanity here as he disagrees with Sonya's orders to kill Nino and leave her as the scapegoat for Zephael's assassination. And then my, um, my note below this says Sonya really doesn't care about Nino quote. She is trash garbage human refuse. Actually, I think you're skipping a chapter here. Am I? I have twenty. I have chapter twenty-five right here. All right. I, for some reason, I thought that didn't happen until chapter twenty-six because uh, the notes. I, no, I, I skipped a few notes that I have, where Lynn actually tracks down Vita after she gets tired in the last map because you're not supposed to really fight her and kill her because of the Uber Spear. She, uh, Vida gets bored and runs away. Lynn tracks her down, and we overhear a few things. Oh, maybe, we, I, maybe I have my notes mixed up then. Yeah, uh, Lynn brings the group, and we find the Black Fang headquarters. And depending on what, whether you have your magic people or your physical you fighters, up it it changes the map and the boss of the entire thing. You know, I must have only copied down the story bits from this. Yes, not much story development. Like, the story of this one is they go to the Black Fang headquarters and they find the Fire Emblem in order to bring it back. That that pretty much sums up the story of this one. Okay, that's probably what it was. So I guess all this was basically post-map stuff. Not quite into Chapter 26 yet. My apologies, everyone. It's okay. Yeah, but all this will lead into Chapter 26. Um... But, but but the fun thing about Pale Flower of Darkness is, much like two chapters ago, it's another branching split-off chapter. But it's not just split-off in that, like, oh, you get one map and one a different character like you did last time. You can get two different maps, or you can get either character on this one, depending on what you do here. It's weirdly convoluted, but it's ridiculous, but I love it, because it gives, adds more replayability makes you either play more fast and loose or more cautiously depending on who if you're trying to get someone because you can either end up with Harkin or Corel depending on depending on which map you have on one map it's however many doors you open and on the other map it's however many upper level lords you defeat or if I remember correctly I remember now because I sent you a DM I was like why is this map different than what I remember it to be? And I was just like, wait a sec. And then Corel showed up on the map. I was like, holy crap. This is the first time I've ever had Corel. Ever. I always ended up with Harkin. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, here it is. To get Harkin on the door map with Germ, who I had. I had the map with the assassin Germ, who was mad that Jafar sort of took his place. To get Harkin, you must not open more than three doors by turn nine. And to get Corel, you must open more than three doors. And on the other map, which is Kenneth, 
you must defeat two promoted enemies to get Harkin, or to get Corel, you have to defeat three or more. Yeah, so this is the first time I've actually had some sort of deviation from the, the way I normally play, so I was actually a little excited. I'm not sure if I'll use Corel, but eh, he's there. He's got that Wodow. Yeah. But I ended up playing this map, and I ended up getting Harkin, which I'm happy about, because it's someone I can support Lowen with. Because I don't... Lowen's one of my... Probably my best unit right now. But it's disappointing, because I don't have anyone to support him with, because I've got Ellie Wood supporting with Ninian, and I've got Marcus... Well, Marcus is... As of this chapter, is in the ground. What? You lost Marcus? I actually lost Marcus, because I was an idiot. How the hell did you lose Marcus? Uh, I was... I was... But basically buying time it was it's a map where you have to defeat all the units but i hadn't opened all the treasure chests yet so i was just delaying until i could open the treasure chest and i didn't notice that the map had stopped snowing so the enemy had gotten their movement back and he just went in and attacked a low health marcus and uh, killed him or he retreated because he can't die because oh time paradox for fire emblem six but eh. I, I lost my mark because I lost my second character because I was just an idiot and didn't pay attention to when the snow stopped. I would never let anybody in my army die. Anyone. I would uh, never. Could never. How'd Pale Flower Darkness go for you, buddy? I didn't lose anybody. Oh. Did you lose anyone on the previous maps? So, chapter 26 starts. <laughs> <laughs> come on we're sharing this one of the things that we're sharing with this experience about is the highs and the lows sharing our lows what happened give us the deets uh next chapter is the lows the 26 is gonna be a low for me boy but did uh which uh map did you get did you get the one with germ the assassin or did you get uh the uh, priest guy uh kenneth yeah i got kenneth all right so I guess that means I'm playing better than you. I'm sorry. I mean, it had to be said. It's more along the lines of you have different people leveled up. You have your Priscilla, Sarah, Lucius, and Herc at a higher level than Mike, Dorcas, Guy, Bartray, and Raven. Yeah, I do kind of have a weird heavy magic build. Didn't intend for it to be like this, but yeah, well, you know, things happen. Yeah. All those people I'm not really leveling up except Dorcas, so I guess Dorcas just completely carried me to Germ's map. <laughs> yeah, I had to stop with Dorcas because he wasn't gaining any speed whatsoever. I was like, I'm sorry, Dorcas. Yeah, I, I'm having a decently blessed Dorcas run. I'm ha- I'm happy with Dorcas. Dorcas and Lowen are probably my two best right now. Yeah, since my since my Canis started getting RNG screwed, and although oh really no, not, my my, my Canis my Canis blessed blessed. Nice. I turned him into a druid at like level fourteen, and he's, he's continued to be blessed. But I kept using Canis because he was the only decent magic user I had. But he, even he's getting RNG screwed. Like my magic people are just getting RNG screwed this campaign. Canis for me, Canis is coming through. Um, I haven't I haven't used Priscilla in a couple of maps, but uh, she's all right. Uh, Lucius is coming through. I got Pent. Uh, I'm not using Urk. Um, I don't know, man, but it's just, it's like staff in Magic City. I I'm, I feel sorry for the computer. Actually, I did start using Urk because uh, I don't think we I don't remember if we talked about it last time. At the end of uh, Chapter Twenty Two X, you get the Appas drops, 
and those Aphis drops will raise the percentage of one of your characters by 5% all of their growths. I ended up giving it to Urk because he was at a low enough level it could be really useful for him, and I didn't feel like using it on Nino like I usually always do. Yeah, so you and I, because you're, well, you remember, I think it was like one, of, I think it was like the Uhai chapter. I was like, well, Uhai doesn't have a sword. And you're like, yeah, he does. I'm like, no, he doesn't. And then we noted some other differences too. And I was just like, I can't figure out what the deal is. Turns out I don't have a tactician for this playthrough because when it said, Oh, do you want to create a new tactician? I said, no. Cause I thought it would just pull over my, uh, cause I already, I mean, I've already beaten the game. So I already have a Lin mode already unlocked. I thought it would pull my tactician over from Lin mode. Like it normally does. And it didn't. And I didn't even notice it until I was, uh, well, it was until I didn't get the Aphis drops. I was trying to figure out why. And I think I found like an old thread on Reddit. It's like, oh yeah. And if you don't have a tactician, you know, you don't get the Aphis drops because um, there's like a scene that plays where Athos is basically as it says that he needs to give it to someone who's, you know, really smart and intelligent, which would be, you know, me. But unfortunately, I was not smart and intelligent, so I did not get them. I had never heard that before, mainly because I've just never played with without a tactician. That's something I've never thought to do. No, I, I didn't know that option meant that I wouldn't have a tactician. Because you remember when I said it was like a few is a few episodes ago, I was just like, "Well, how come the tactician isn't saying hi to everybody in this playthrough, or how come people aren't saying hi to you in this playthrough?" I couldn't figure that out. That's why I don't exist. I don't exist. Such a crazy little thing that. It, that he adds even more le- depth to Fire Emblem 7 that I didn't know was there. I love this game. I love this game so much. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, this really sucks. But anyways, let's get on to chapter 26. Uh, Any, but anyway, I gave my office drops to Eric, and since then, he, his level ups have been very good. He's going to surpass his teacher, Professor Pent. Yeah. So, when we when we enter chapter 6, I have here, the castle has no guards. 26. Yeah, yeah, sorry, 26. The castle has no guards, and Murdoch, Zephael's most trace, trusted aide, has been put away on an errand, leaving the prince open to an attack. Jafar and Nino arrive, but hear the prince saying a prayer. Although, and basically his, his prayer is, you know, you know, he wants to have the approval of his father, and he says, uh, again, it's another one where it's kind of a long speech. Nino hears all this, and she's like, you know... Although she once had the nerve to go through to kill Zephiel, you know, Zephiel, because of Zephiel's wishes mirroring her own relationship with, you know, her mother, she's like, I, I can't do it. And so Nino, Nino looks to Jafar and says, you know, hey, I can't do this. You know, carry out the Fang's judgment because I'm refusing to do the job and kill me. And Jafar finds that he can't kill Nino. And he's like, you know what? I can't do this. They knock out the prince. And Jafar, right then and there, is like, okay, fine, we're escaping the Black Fang, me and you. But he runs into Ursula. So, uh, yep, Sonia knew, suspected that they wouldn't have the nerve to do it, send Ursula, and we got a fight going on. Yep. We got a big, crazy fight with a lot of moving parts and a 26X chapter that's difficult to get to. Yep. So, what we have here is that it's kind of a fog of war in which, because they've the uh, story storyline wise, they basically have all the torches unlit, so you can't see parts of the castle. So technically, it's a fog of war, and the map takes place at night. Um, and you have to defend Zephael for, I think it's it's either ten or eleven turns. I think it's fifteen actually. Oh, fifteen. Okay. Um. Oh, you know what? I may be thinking of the Nils map. Like I think that one's eleven turns. But yeah, Zephael wakes up in the middle of all this, and he's like. 
oh, I hear fighting because Jafar is just killing people left and right as a green unit. And Nino is barely staying alive as a green unit. Better get to her quickly. Yeah, so hopefully you've been leveling up your horse guys like Marcus. Or <laughs> Marcus. No, I had. Uh, I think I had Lowen Saber because my Lowen's actually been doing pretty good as well. Yeah, uh, I think I had uh, Lowen carry Lynn down there so to talk to her quickly. I think I did something similar. I think I may have did it with Ellie Wood though instead. Mm. Yeah, but with this one, you got to go down, talk to Nino, recruit Nino. Somehow get Nino over to Jafar, talk to Jafar, hope Jafar survives. He probably will, but Jafar can get RNG screwed there. Yeah, because there's there's enemies swarming him left and right, and he's also being targeted by Ursula, who has a faraway tome called Bolting, which only has five hits, which I forgot about. So, I said chapter 26 ha- had my first death. Or not my first oh, death, no. but my first death in a long time. <sighs> This one kind of hurt. Well, this one was stupid because I placed Luis in a open spot and I was like, oh crap. So I ran um, Wrath over there. I was like, well, I'll have Wrath rescue her. I forgot that Wrath can't use swords until he's upgraded. (laughs) So he got doubled and he got killed. So Wrath, I hardly knew ye and I barely got to use ye. So rest in peace. Now, I just mentioned bolting, right? Yes, very dangerous, far-off spell. I miscalculated how many bolting uses uh, Ursula used, and I had someone move into one square and got hit with the final shot of bolting. Despite Uh, her having, like, good resistance, she still died to bolting. Who is she? A few chapters ago, I achieved an A support with Florina and Fiora, a very nice support. Oh, no. And so... My bad luck Ordo, uh, characters that always die when I play this game, came back to haunt me. And Florina died. Oh, no. How, and you had actually leveled her up so she was could actually take hits sometimes. Oh, yeah, no. She had great resistance and she still died to bolting. And the thing that kind of hurt the most, because I remember I also DM'd you on Twitter uh, a couple of chapters ago. I was like, you know, who should I use the promotion item on? Uh, I forget what it's called, the whip. I was like, who should I use the whip on? Uh, Florina or Fiora? And I believe you said something along the lines, oh, you'll get like another seal later, so it doesn't really matter. I was like, well, because I never use Fiora, I'll give it to Fiora. So if I had put Fiora down there, Fiora would have survived because her, because she's an upgraded class and her resistance was a little bit better. And so I lost Florina, and I was, it was, I almost hit reset, and I was like, I'm so pissed. <laughs> you killed her sister, probably right in front of her. Yeah, pretty much. If only there were a tactician to blame. Oh, dude, I was so upset. I was like, I leveled her up for the first time really good. Got her a really good A support. She's been kicking ass everywhere. And then she died, and I, could, I just sat there, and I was just like, well... This is a should have given her the Uber Spear. Yeah, I think the, I think the Uber Spear is in the convoy right now I'll, because I don't think her like I don't think her like weapon level is up high enough quite yet. I think she was very close to that, and I was like, okay, when that happens, I'm gonna give her the Uber Spear. No, that's not happening either. Huh. Well, actually, this map has an Elysian Whip, so you could have uh, leveled her up. 
That is even better. Ah, uh, let's make it even better, yes. Uh, this map is a hard map. I remember as a child playing this first time, this was the map that gave me the most trouble trying to figure stuff out. It, and even like the little things, trying to figure out how to get to the treasure chest before the thieves do, because the thieves in this map, uh, not a joke. Just go straight for those chests, and unless you are actively trying to get to those chests early, they're going to beat you to them. Yeah, they spawn relatively close to them too, so you got to be on the ball. Uh, it, it is a hard map, but it's a good map. Good fog yeah. of war. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite maps to do. Um, I think I think one of the thieves actually got there before I could, so I just put like Lowen in one of the holes so they couldn't escape the room. And then Legault got there, and I stole th- I stole whatever it was from him, and then I killed him with Legault. Or, um, I killed him with Lowen, I mean. <sighs> but for now, we have saved Zephyr. We have saved Burn. We have saved the world. Nino can go back to her mother and let her mother stroke her face like she's always wanted and hug her and hold her hand and... Easy, easy there, Farm Fates. No, that... The... <laughs> that's actually that's actually what the script says. I, I wrote yeah. it down word for word. Hold her hand, hug her, and choke her face. That is all <laughs> Nina wants from her mother. Oh god! I know there. I know that stroke the face lines in Sacred Stones. I didn't think it was here though. I must have. I must have just completely just like blanked it out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, but because we saved Zephyr, nothing bad can happen to him now. We did. Yeah. A, we did a good thing. We got the fire emblem from the mother. So we can do all that fun stuff. Ah, think things are going well. Yeah, let's so, go to a water temple. Well, there's also some pretty uneasy tension as Jafar and Nino join our army. Yeah, Hector's not happy, and Matthew's probably not happy about that. Is is this a Hector mode exclusive conversation where Hector's like pretty much like you know you you try to betray Elliewood and I will kill you. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's been, it's been like a month since I played it, so I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but, any, but anyways, you know that but conversation. Hector, does, Hector at least gives off that vibe. I don't know if he says that exactly to Jafar, but he gives that vibe off to Hollywood. No, I mean I, I know he pretty much tells him that he'll kill him if he thinks of betraying Hollywood. I probably not in that. Probably not in so uncertain terms. I, but I mean, I pretty much that's the gist of it. And so we have another death, not from, um, not from like us, but like storyline wise, because Ursula failed to kill Nino and Jafar, which in turn they failed to kill Zephyr. Ursula is killed, and her essence is stolen. Oh, did you not kill Ursula yourself? No, I couldn't get to her. Ah, uh, I I got to her with Lowen and the Uber Spear. It was fun. Yeah, like well, no, I just. Uh, I, the Florina dying threw my strategy off completely. Mm. Uh, so I was pretty much like, basically, I was fuming for the entire time. So I was like, you know what? Just I don't care. So what happens if you don't? I'm sorry. What happens if you do kill her during that map? I don't think anything really changes. I they still obviously get the quintessence somehow from the end. Probably got Limistella just off in the distance collecting the mm-hmm. the essence of the people who you're killing. I I don't think there's any special cutscene. I don't think 
I'm pretty sure she dies right there, and it's not a she slinks off and gets killed. Yeah, but, well, it, it should also be kind of like noted here. Like, you know, we mentioned character deaths that don't matter. Ursula is kind of one that doesn't matter, despite her being, you know, kind of like one of the four fangs, one of the big dogs of Black Fang. Her death is just like, eh. She gets a couple of scenes and then she dies. And it's and it's disappointing because she was a character who she was the first Black Fang member you meet back in Lynn's story, Chapter Seven X. And it's it's definitely weird too because like Fire Emblem Heroes makes her out to be like, oh, she's really a threat. And it's just like, oh, not really. She she could have gotten a little bit better, more love in the story, but oh well. There's a lot of stuff going down and want a really hateable villain to kill in the next chapter. If, if you got, if she, you talk to Jafar with Nino. Yeah. So if you had Jafar talk to Nino while he was still a green unit, you'll get the option to go to chapter 26 X, which is the water temple. Now, Night of farewells. So the thing, the thing about this level is it's not, it's not really that hard. The thing is, is that what happens is that people get confused about the keys and how to switch the iron boots from, no? Yeah. I'm that, that sounds about right, I think. Okay, okay, yeah. So you have to watch the water levels. Um and honestly having to pull off the ocarina every so up no? No, it something something's off. Something's really off. Water levels. Oh right. Sorry. This is also a water temple. It sucks. It it is a pain in the butt. You've got the map itself is a bunch of little islands of sorts. And the paths between the islands rise and fall as the map goes along, and it, it, it it's a pain. It, you, it is a slow pain in the butt to get through, and you're gonna. I I recommend going slow, because if you don't go slow, there are some really nasty traps that'll get you. We've got another bolting tome with the boss of this level, Sonia, and you've got a really nasty staff user in the middle of the map with a berserk staff. So have a res- this is a map where you want to have a restore staff ready or at least try to bait it out with your highest resistance units and really hope. But th- this map has some pitfalls, in- inclu- including just minor pitfalls that you wouldn't think of because this is the only map in the game since you don't until the last chapter of the game where you don't get Merlinus with you. And there's quite a bit of loot that you can get so you need to be prepared for that among other things uh, this map has a lot to it yeah I think I ended up baiting Ursula with uh, Florina which I wish I would have done the previous map or not Florina but Fiora yeah I, I baited yes. her I baited you her baited, you, baited, you baited Sonya's bolting yeah yeah she actually missed every single time so yeah uh, but I actually did a pretty good job on this map uh, it took me a little bit longer than normal um, the thing about the whole water levels, ha 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 joke is that levels go away and come. So you may, you basically, you don't want to be careful about keeping your people together because I didn't. And I had pent my physic user on like the very beginning of the map. Cause I was one square like away from where, he, where I needed to have him. Yeah. That this is a map where having flying units is a really big help to save you, you in case you get your character stuck in the middle of the in the middle of the purple water yeah yeah it's a hard map but it's a very satisfying map to finally kill Sonya who who since you first meet her you really hate 
and the fact that she, you actively see her like, hey, I, I want Jafar kill my daughter. Do that. You find out. Then you later you find out, oh, it's my adopted daughter, kind of because I killed her parents. Really. Yeah, basically, basically their family. Well, they say her house, but they don't really. But I'm guessing they're kind of inferring that 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 they were a noble house. Um, a final note on here says. It's revealed that Nino's family was once a house regarded with the secrets of dragons, and by Nurgle's hand, she and Sonia stole those secrets. And so, basically, because apparently, like you know, Sonia was also going to kill Nino, but Nurgle's like, no, 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 hold off, hold off. She's got magic potential. Keep her. And raise her as your daughter. And because all all morphs are basically loyal to Nurgle, she's like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. I'm going to hate her, but I'll do it. And so- Sonia's the morph who thinks herself the most human of them all, and this is probably a reason for it. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I'm totally a mother. I- I'm the mo- I'm the most human of the morphs. Yeah. Uh, before before a couple of things before this map actually starts, you know, Nino and Jafar have their conversation with Sonia. Um, before Sonia kind of teleports to the other side of the map, uh, Hector Hector speaks rationally to. Elliewood and Lynn about the situation which is kind of weird given that you know Hector's not exactly the biggest fan of you know Jafar and Nino right now um Brendan Reed shows up her husband uh I have Sonia briefly meets with Lim Stella before being interrupted by Brendan Reed then she reveals that she's been slowly replacing uh his men one by one with morphs and I'm not really sure how Brendan doesn't notice that because all morphs have like black hair and gold eyes, but whatever. Yeah, he he's he's hypnotized by by Sonya. For oh right right I forgot about that because it's 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 really only going kind of like touched upon it's once. It's barely touched upon. I don't know like how magically it is or whether he's just uh, thirsty. That's the word <laughs> I was looking for. I don't think it's exactly explained how he she's sort of in control of him but yeah he he finally notices or at least sony points it out and sony kills him in front of uncle jan the important character uncle jan no not npc jan Uh, npc jan runs away and tells nino everything and thus pretty much the map begins yeah and we already covered the map i mean it's I kind of like this because it's one of those deals where it's kind of like, oh, we have this uh, side story that kind of ties into the main story type deal. Uh, I don't have any more notes beyond this, so I can't. I don't know what happens after this map. Yeah, after you after you manage to beat Sony, you get the Fell contract in case you want to make Legolter Matthew an assassin, and you get a nice little cutscene of Limastella finishing off Sonya, and Sonya just saying that I I'm human and stuff like that. It's quite sad and. It's nice to see her die because Sonya's evil. Sonya's super duper evil. Yeah, she needed to go by this point. Ah, but that's it for now. We, ah, how much we start next time we play? We'll be playing the Cog of Destiny. Oh boy, and these maps. I remember Cog of Destiny being one of those big maps that's not very easy. I think it's one of the hardest ones in the game, if I remember right. It's definitely one of the longest ones. Right. Well, I kind of I kind of put those together because it's so long. You like basically kind of forget. Well, well, we'll get into it whenever we get to it. So, 
if you're continuing playing with us, Cardwiz, I always leave the the, um, the maps up to you. How many we do? Oh, I'm counting it out. And I don't think uh, there's so much to go. We could, if we feel daring, we could try to go all the way to the end, or we could stop at uh, the victory, the battle preparation screen. That's the what? battle preparations map. Is that 30? That's 29x. Oh, 29x. Yeah, I guess that'll be all right, because these chapters are long and have a lot of story stuff, and I don't remember what's what's in there story-wise for the next few chapters. All right. So we'll be going from chapter 27 to 29x. Oh, we're coming up, up upon the end, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's it's going to be good. Uh, I am having a wonderful time playing this game again and again and again. Uh I, it's interesting letting my characters die for the first time. Again, sorry to Raven and Marcus. I got. I mean, well, after after we're done with this, I'm gonna go pour out some Volunaries for Florina and Wrath. So, all right, that'll be it for this episode of the Emblem Support Podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to contact us, you can hit us up at Emblem Supports on Twitter or drop us an email at Emblem Podcast at gmail.com Cardwiz, let's roll out of here.